Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the Ready Yeti membership. We've grown to have thousands of products from some amazing up-and-coming brands. Anything from skis and snowboards, jackets, hiking boots, even supplements and snack bars. It's an incredible way to save a ton on gear with discounts of up to 50% off. Join the Ready Yeti membership and do your part to help support some of these incredible small businesses that aren't just making incredible gear, but are also putting a lot of effort into social action and doing their part to create an environmentally conscious business. Join today at www.readyyeti.com members and start supporting these amazing startups and saving a ton on gear. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to give a special thanks to our sponsor, RoofNest. RoofNest makes hard shell rooftop tents that allow you to camp anywhere you can park, completely redefining car camping and turning your trips into an entirely new experience. Outside Magazine even listed them as one of their top gear picks. Whether you're into overlanding or easy weekend getaways, a RoofNest will turn any vehicle into a comfy bedroom on wheels. So how does it work? Well, the beauty of RoofNest is it's all one piece. All tents attach right to your vehicle's roof rack and come with a built-in foam mattress. And once you have it in place, it takes less than a minute to set up or stow away, which means you'll be able to get outside faster and spend way more time doing the things you love. I mean, that's why we're here in the first place, right? They just launched their newest model, the Condor XL, which is a hard shell fold-out tent perfectly suited for up to four adults. Or two if you like your space. Hey, I get it. I like the sprawl out too. And definitely check out the Falcon. It's their most popular tent by far. It's only six and a half inches tall when it's closed, and it's perfect if you want to carry additional gear or your favorite toys with the optional set of crossbars that mount to the top of the tent. I'm looking right at you, skiers, snowboarders, bikers, and kayakers. The Falcon is the one that you're going to want. Check them out at RoofNest.com to see the great variety of tents RoofNest offers or call 855-887-8897 to speak with a RoofNest team member. What is going on, Ready Eddie Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with Jen Gorecki, um, who started and is the CEO of Coalition Snow. Um, Jen, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. It's my pleasure. Awesome. So for the listeners that may not be familiar with Coalition Snow, how would you best describe um, your business to them? I would say that we are the world's only feminist ski company. I love that. So elaborate. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Um, Well, ski part. So we we make skis and snowboards, uh, but our existence on this planet is with a a twist. So we're not your typical ski company in the sense that our focus is really on um, some of the social issues um, in the outdoors and in society and really push an agenda forward of inclusivity and diversity and amplifying the voices and experiences of women. That's awesome. And for some of our listeners, they may have heard your first episode in 2017, um, where we kind of went through uh, the start of the of the brand. And I know you guys originally started in 2013, um, but mm-hmm. I want to focus on the years between 2017 to, to today. 
Um, but a little bit more background on you specifically, uh, just as a refresher for our listeners, how did you get into a position to start a brand like Coalition Snow? I mean, I'm definitely one of the dumbest people you've ever met because I thought it would be a good idea to start a ski company. Um, it's hard goods. It's seasonal. It's uh, a really difficult bit business. But at the time, I looked around at all the different offerings, like all the skis and snowboards available to women, and I just thought we deserved more. I thought we deserved more choices. I thought we deserved higher performance e- equipment. And at the time, like you know, when we started, when I came up with the idea back in 2013, women weren't cool back then. Like we're cool now. Everyone knows that. But um, back then women weren't trending and we weren't featured in all the marketing campaigns. Um, And there really was just this incredible dearth of high performance equipment for women. So uh, just decided to start the company. And I was able to do that um, just by knowing a few people in the industry and being able to be connected um, with some really good builders. Uh, but we really did start from scratch. I have uh, very little background in the industry. I tuned skis. Um, I was a guide. I have I have that that side, but I didn't ever work for a major brand. Um, pretty much entered into this industry as a nobody um, with really zero experience, but just sort of like this burning desire to see things be different in snow sports. That's really interesting. And obviously things started to pick up for Coalition Snow between 2013, 2017. How have things really changed from 2017 to today? Well, I would say one of the, the probably the most significant thing is that uh, I, we're a legitimate company in the space now. So in 2017, I feel like we were still getting our feet underneath us and it was questionable if we would, um, you know, have a, a future. Um, as I said, snow sports is a really difficult business to be in because hard goods are expensive and um, see the seasonality of it and, and climate change. So anyone who's in this business, um, faces a lot of challenges. But then, um, you know, at the time we were really trying to sort of carve out this space for ourselves and make the case that we um, should should be, be here. Um, and where we are now in 2020 um, is that I think that we've done, done that um, and we're more established. We have distribution with Evo and REI and Backcountry. We just opened our first retail store in Truckee, um, and we're seeing growth year over year. So, um, and just and growth not only in in sales but in the size of our community, and that's been really special to watch that to watch that unfold. That's really awesome. Being in backcountry area and Evo is definitely a, a big deal in the outdoor space because everyone yeah. you like I can think of that buys anything buys it from one of those three online retailers <laughs> yeah. or their physical uh, locate. Well, at least REIs and Evos. Um, what would you? Is there a few strategies or anything in particular that you would um, put your finger on that really helped Coalition grow in the last couple of years? Uh, yeah. Well, I would say that. The, the first thing that we did is that we just uh, decided to be ourselves and we didn't try to be another ski company or fit into a mold or, or kind of be like what you would expect from the industry. So we are unapologetically um, ourselves. 
tops. And that, you know, so that, that whole, um, notion of being a feminist ski company, like that's not a marketing plan. That's just who, who we are. Um, and that has really differentiated us from other people in, in the space. And there's definitely been a movement around that. And, um, that has allowed us to organically grow this community, um, and really, um, become very relevant to individuals who not only ski or snowboard, but people who are just looking toward businesses and, and leaders to really, um, talk about issues that affect a lot of us, um, day, day to day that have nothing to do with skiing. So we've, we became this really strong voice. Um, and then we, we're not afraid to to use that um, across Instagram and our. We have an email newsletter that goes out every Thursday. That's called Lady Parts. Um, we have our own podcast, Juicy Bits. So we've sort of approached it with this like guerrilla marketing tactic of just going there and going there in a way that's like completely authentic and and real. And that resonated with that has and continues to resonate with a lot of people. Definitely. So like, what are some of the topics and issues that you talk about on the podcast and in the weekly newsletter? Yeah. So we talk about everything from, um, how trans women are women to, um, we talk about, uh, violence against women. We talk about having our periods. We talk about sex and vibrators and, uh, we talk about being in business and leadership, friendship. Um, we kind of like cover it. We talk, we actually also talk a lot about Trump, we talk a lot about Trump and how we're going to vote him out of office. Um, spent a lot of time on that. Um, you know, we just did a podcast about the Harvey Weinstein, um, trial in New York city where he was just found guilty yesterday. Um, so we're really getting into like all these different social issues that, like I said, like don't really have anything to do with skiing or snowboarding at all. Um, but it sort of adds some, um, teeth a little, you know, or like some, um, it's just, it just, these are the things that even though like we love to ski pow, I mean, I, if I could ski pow every single day, that's what I would do. But we also like think and talk about all these things. So that's what we're really presenting in through, through the company and like through all these different platforms. Definitely. Now in being sort of this, um, voice and just authentic voice, I guess is a better way of saying it. it what was, what's the feedback been like? Have you learned anything from your audience and your community over the years of doing this? Yeah. I mean, well, there's definitely some people who don't like us at all because of it, which is fair. Like you can't really, um, have a strong opinion and please everyone. So we've just gotten to the point that we're fine with, with that. Like if you don't like what we're saying or doing, there's plenty, or there's plenty of other places where you, you can go. But on the flip side of that, um, you know, what we found is that people feel heard and they feel understood and they feel welcomed, um, and welcomed in a way of come as you are versus you have to show up in a certain way. And snow sports definitely has that air of being like really cool. Um, and while that works for some, some people, like there's a lot of people who just love recreating in the mountains and don't like don't feel comfortable trying to live up to that or don't even want to uh, try to be like everyone else. And so like we just welcome people no matter where you're at. 
Um, you don't have to be a pro skier to be a part of what we're built, uh, what we're building. And I think that if you even look at like the imagery that we use on our Instagram and on our website, it's purposefully, um, I would say like toned down or like tamed down from, um, traditional imagery of people in the mountains, because we want to create this atmosphere where, you know, you can be a beginner all the way to an expert and have a place here and you can be whomever you are. Um, and that makes like being understood and being heard is what like so many people want, um, from life. And we are able to provide that in like this really small way for them. No, that's really interesting. And I think, I guess here's a question for you. Like, I believe that the community, the female community outdoor space has always been there. It's just, there hasn't been much talking about it, much of a voice. Do you agree? Or do you feel like now over time, there are more women getting involved and being leaders in the outdoor sort of community and sort of put, paving the way for change and improvement and just cool new things in all aspects of the outdoor space? Yeah, well, I, I would agree in the sense that, <clears throat> yes, women have always been there. You just haven't seen us. Um, but where like where I would like to take that is that even to the even now, currently, like our idea of what is, you know, a woman who skis, for example, like that when you imagine that person, you're probably imagining someone who's white and possibly like, you know, thin. Um, and has this certain look. And so one thing that, you know, we do at coalition is to try to shift that and show that like, you know, there are women of color, there are trans women, there are women who identify as fat. Like these are all people who, um, also love to recreate in the outdoors. And I think we're getting better at, at showing that they're here. Um, but there's still, I mean, we certainly have a lot of work to do on that. And I think the industry as a whole um, has a lot of work to really be able to capture all of the vibrancy of all the people who, who love the mountains. For sure. Now let's, let's talk about the, the skis and, and the snowboards. Cause obviously that those are the products that you guys make and sell. Yeah. How, how have they changed over the years and what have you learned in, you know, the many years that you guys have been building and designing skis for and snowboards for women? Yeah. So we, um, you know, we have tried to add, at least one ski or snowboard to our lineup each year. And what that's allowed us to do is, you know, because we're offering a more diverse line that allows us to understand like what it is that people really want. Um, it's been really instrumental for us to have a team of athletes and ambassadors who can help us test because, um, at the end of the day, like, you know, you can be this like strong feminist brand or you can be a strong brand, but if your products suck, you're going out of biz business. Like you have to have a really good pro product. Um, so we've just learned that, you know, we, we sell primarily to women, although we do have a handful of men who, who ski on our sticks, which is really cool. Um, but we've learned that, um, all women want things that are different. And so you can't really put them in a box. And so the more that you can offer them in a range of sizes and ensuring that even, you know, the, the shortest size that we have is a 157, um, but that 157 has the exact same performance as the 
the, the 180. So looking at having this really wide range of sizes, but making sure that the performance, the flex, the construction, like everything across that size run is, is, is the same. That consistency is really important. And what leads us to people being able to trust, to, to trust us. Um, We've also learned that um, not everyone wants a really aggressive ski. Um, and so this year we introduced the Rafiki, and Rafiki is a Swahili word. It means friend. Um, and so we we have designed the friendliest powder ski, and this is like a soft playful surfy ski and that was has really been a departure for us because in our first our very first line we really wanted to to present um you know this this uh sort of like different set of skis that weren't really on the market for women and that was like a more aggressive stiff ski um and over the years we've realized that you know we we need to do better at meeting the needs of um of our, our skiers. So we introduced that. We also introduced, um, like a ski specific to the East coast. So as we grew realizing that we had to reach outside of the West coast and having to design a ski, um, for, you know, for more East coast terrain. Um, but I would say that, you know, what, what we've learned is that, um, everyone is, everyone is different and wants something like you can't just make one ski and say that you serve women because women don't fit in a box. And, um, we're, that's, that's what we've learned and that's what we're trying to, to build on. For sure. Now, obviously as the, the, the line has expanded in both skiing and, and snowboarding, how have you guys kept sustainability sort of front and center and making sure that all the products that you make are made in the most sustainable way? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, this is one of the areas that we, I wish we could do more on as a small brand. Like when you don't have a lot of money, you're limited to all the different things that you can do in your, in your production. Um, but a few things that we've done is, um, we make a few of our skis and snowboards in, in the U S. Um, and that is something different from 2017 when, when we last talked, um, and just in the carbon footprint of transport, that's been pretty significant. Um, but we also are really looking at our supply chain and ensuring that, you know, everyone that we work with is meeting environmental standards. Um, you know, the other thing that we do is we don't produce a lot and waste is such an issue in sustainability. And so we try to be really cautious about what, you know, what sort of inventory are, are we holding and how much, how much do we produce? Because we don't, we don't want this gross waste at the end of the, the season. And that's something that has plagued our industry for a really long, long time. Um, the other thing that we do is we actually plant trees for every ski and snowboard that we sell um, in an effort to offset the, the carbon footprint of our, uh, of our skis. Um, so that's what we're currently working on. And as we grow, um, and have the ability to make other changes, I'm really excited about some of the technology that we're seeing in terms of different, um, epoxies and, um, fiberglass and, you know, um, materials to replace fiberglass and just different sustainable materials that we'll be able to work in, in, in into our skis. 
For sure. It's it's always an interesting topic, especially having a business in the outdoor space that directly yeah. you just see climate change in front of yeah. your face. <laughs> and yeah. being a small business owner and seeing that like we, we kind of are part of the problem, it's like, hmm, this is like this weird sort of issue that you have to grapple with and make sure that you're always thinking about it. Because it's so easy to get lost in just like making sure the business is stable mm-hmm. and growing. Because like at the end of the day, you have a team of people that you're you're, you you want to take care of, but then there's also this whole other piece that you have to keep focusing on and making sure that you're not like most other businesses that kind of just ignore it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's definitely, I think the entire outdoor industry has a lot <laughs> to reckon with, with this. Like it's not easy. And, um, you know, I, I do think I, I, one thing that I've learned, um, over the years is that, it's actually not enough to want to make change. You actually have to have the power to do so. And a lot of that power comes from um, having really large production runs and having the money to do that. And and how one way that I see um, a path forward for our industry is that if the really large heritage brands who dominate 80% of the space, if they, if they went into using more sustainable uh, materials to make their skis, that would then make those materials more readily available and it would lower the cost and then everyone would be able to use them. But the problem now is that so few so few brands are actually using sustainable materials that they're so expensive. And so like for us, I mean, we're still at the point where like, I'm happy if I can pay the bills each month. Like that makes me really happy to know that like, all right, I'm getting us through another month. And so you don't really like, we don't have the leverage. Um, but if these larger brands made this, that would, that would change the entire industry and make it possible for everyone to move in that that direction. And I don't know, I don't know what it would take for them to do that because they certainly have the manufacturing capacity and the finances to do it. So that's a really good point. Um, and some brands have done it. Like Patagonia, mm-hmm. obviously, is one of the leaders in that. But you're right. Most of them kind of don't. <laughs> yeah. They talk about it, but then they don't do anything about it. Yeah. And you don't realize how much waste goes into manufacturing jackets and skis and all that kind of stuff until you really get into the industry and you're like, oh, okay, this is actually uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty bad. It's kind of awful. Yeah. I mean, even, I don't know about you, but I even look at like every day, all I feel like I can see is like the plastic around me, you know, I'm like, Oh, that like, okay, I'm like, I really want to buy that cheese. I want to eat that cheese. I need that cheese from a quesadilla. It comes in plastic. Like I keep, I can't even like get away from seeing all this plastic around us and that like just it's, it's everywhere. And so, um, like even at coalition, like we look at, you know, beyond our skis and boards, like in our, in the retail shop that we have in, in Truckee, like we look at like, what do we buy in the shop? Like everything has to be recycled, organic, like, um, all of our furniture is used. Like we're looking at what are all the different ways that we can try to mitigate our footprint because it's so significant. It really is. It really is. Hopefully we figure it out. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> Time will tell. Um, so I know we talked offline before um, we started the episode that you guys also started a magazine. I'd love for you to kind of dig into yeah. um, sort of what that's all about. Yeah. So um, last year in de- um, actually two years ago, December 2018, we launched our first issue of Sisu magazine, and that's spelled S-I-S-U. And Sisu is a Finnish term, and it embodies the spirit of grit, guts, and perseverance. And that, to us, like really embodied not only our experience as entrepreneurs, um, but our experience as people in the out- outdoors. And the reason why we decided to launch a magazine is that uh, we – we're noticing, and we we had conducted a few formal sur- surveys around this, but um, there's so many people who are part of our community who are never going to buy a pair of skis. Like they're just not skiers. They they don't they don't come to coalition for the skiing. They come for everything else that that we do. And when we took a closer look at that, we realized that we had essentially sort of. Um, transform this product into a platform and that there were a lot of people engaging with the content that we were putting out and out, um, you know, like we talked about earlier with our newsletter and podcast. And so I have a degree in journalism and Lauren, our creative director has a master's um, from RISD. And so having a print magazine wasn't totally outside of our wheelhouse. And really, um, we just saw this as an opportunity to open up pages to people who had really interesting stories to tell. And so we, if you know, every, it's a, it's a quarterly print mag, you can also um, find it on online. And and we are just working with a really interesting group of contributors um, and telling stories that you wouldn't necessarily see in other publications. Um, and it's been uh, it's been a lot of work, and also just really exciting to see the outdoor community um, embrace, you know, this different these different stories that, like, quite honestly, are compelling all humans, um, and that we just don't get enough of. For sure. I think that's really interesting. Now, wh- where do you see the magazine and Coalition Snow going in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road? Yeah, well, I would say like my number one goal is to keep us in business because... it's a good goal. <laughs> being, <laughs> you know, being, like, being an independent, small, hard goods company is not easy. It's not easy for, for anyone. Um, and so I'm, you know, really focused on how can we make the best equipment that, that really meets, um, meets a demand and meets, meets a need. So we're really hyper-focused on making sure that our, our line of skis and, and boards is what people want. Um, I would say that's our number one focus. And then, um, you know, looking at how we can continue, continue to offer this platform that we've built to other people um, and really create the space um, for helping to shift, you know, what does the outdoors look like? Um, You know, we know that by 2040 in the United States, um, the majority of people in this country will be people of, of color. And um, we have an opportunity as individuals in business and in the industry to really look at how this 
growing demographic is is going to shape the outdoors. And I think it's in, incredibly exciting. Um, and we are, you know, committed, committed to that and, and, you know, looking at all the different ways that, that we can, in, that we can ensure that, um, that we're doing, you know, we're doing everything that we can do to meet that need and bring diversity, equity, and inclusion into coalition. Um, I think like, honestly, it's 2020 this year, we're going to work, a lot on mobilizing people to get out and vote and to vote Trump out of office. Um, that's really important to us. Um, there's a lot on the line for many people who face uh, the repercussions of what it means to have um, a White House with you know these these policies. Um, so we're really focused on that in in t- 2020, and then you know, like I said, we just want to continue to keep growing um, and making sure that we're a company that represents all people. That's awesome. And it sounds like um, you're still just as passionate as you were in 2017 when we last talked um, about Coalition Snow. And uh, for anyone who's listening to this episode before March 3rd, you can actually enter to win a pair of skis or snowboard from Coalition for, along with a ton of other ski and snowboard brands. So just head over to Ready Yeti for your chance to win. And with that, Jen, I really appreciate you coming back on the podcast and giving us an update on all the great things you guys are working on. It's my pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.